Blog Talk Radio. Know that someone's loving you 
No matter how you say it, it only matters what you do. Each day, please take the time to tell someone that I love you. Peace. Can y'all still hear me? Make sure I'm on a little louder. This is Coach K. You are still rocking with the best. I didn't I didn't know whether you all had heard me at the beginning there, but I wanted to just come on and really welcome everyone to the show tonight and say thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in and zooming in as we bring you and the best of what I feel is a subject that is very important to me, which is relaxing your mind and meditation. You know, stealing, stealing, not S-T-E-A-L, but S-T-I-L-L, to steal the mind, to let it be calm like the lake early in the morning, right before the sun rises. And maybe the full moon is still out, and you can see the mist gently off the top of the lake. And it's maybe a, I don't know, maybe in the fall or the spring or something. But you can you can see the you can see the moisture rising, but nothing is on the surface of the water, and the water is very still. And it's very tranquil. 
And if you can bring that imagery into your mind, then that's a preview of what I want to talk about tonight, uh, the advantages, some how-tos, some tips, and some real-life experiences in dealing with or implementing some of these techniques and what it has done for me, what it has done for what it has done for others in my life um, who are also friends of mine, associates, acquaintances, mentors, all of that. So that's what you can really expect tonight. Um, I guess what I mean, where should I even? I'm just trying to think of like where do I. Where do I even start? Because I want to have, like, I even just want to have, make sure I got, like, the right music and the right tone set for uh, for tonight's for tonight's episode. And to me, this is a very important, um, very important uh, broadcast. And... It's a very timely broadcast as well. Last week, I wanted to broadcast the show, and I forgot we're only on the second and the fourth Tuesday of the month, but I already had it set up. And one of the reasons was because being an um, avid healer and an avid strategist, I followed the cycles of the moon. You know, that's the Native American side of me. Remember the Indian story they used to say many moons ago, they were using these cycles of the moon to plant their food, which is still happening today. If you get a farmer's almanac, everything that you put in your mouth is based off the rotations of the moon around the planet. And there are eight phases in the moon cycle every 28 days. And last week we were in the planting phase. The planting phase was all about meditating on your goals for that month. Now, in these eight phases, they're broken up into three-and-a-half or four-day periods. And the planting phase, the meditation phase, is the second of the eight phases. The first phase is to plan those three days or three-and-a-half or four days of what do I want or where do I want to be or what do what I want to manifest in the next 28 days. And we normally use this system, which I call moon magic, um, to manifest two goals, one internal and one external. So one may be a business goal or you may want to get a job or move and get an apartment or manifest a certain amount of uh, monetary prosperity. But the internal goals may be a relationship or maybe with another person, or it may be a relationship with the self. I have used this for over the last four and a half years of coaching people using the Moon Magic system, and a lot of them have said, I want my internal goal to be one where I can go inside and get more in touch with the God in me. I want to just meditate. I tell people that's a great goal because, you're not going to just be able to sit down one time and do it. You're going to need practice. You're going to need consistency. 
and you're going to need to be able to lengthen your time period of meditation, you know, every time that you sit down to meditate. You're not going to be able to just sit down out of the blue from a busy, hectic life and think you're going to do 15 minutes or 30 minutes or, or much less 45 or better. So tonight I wanted to just start off with, you know, that piece and my own personal story about my journey with meditation and how I got here to this show. So I remember probably back back in uh, 91 or 92, I had lost my scholarship in college. I had lost my apartment, and I had to move back home with my father. And one day he did something, and we got in an argument, and I'm 21 years old or 20 years old, and I am super upset. And I went way back in the woods. We have like we have a spot of land down outside of Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I went down and I went deep in the woods and I took all of my clothes off. And I put my shirt down and laid it on the ground and I sat on it and I said, I just want to be quiet. And that was my very first attempt at meditation. Did not know what I was doing. Did not have a teacher. I was just angry, 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 angry. And I sat down, and I just sat still, and I listened to the trees and the woods and just everything that was around me, and I could just hear things so clearly. And then I got up, put my clothes on, and I pretended that I knew Tai Chi. And I just started doing these movements. I just started doing these movements by myself, no teacher, had never tried it before. I just was thinking about it and was just moving around. And I was like, I'm so glad I'm down here by myself because I probably look silly. And when I left and walked back out of the woods, back up to my uh, father's house, it was the entire energy was different. My energy was different. His energy was different. I wasn't really upset. I remember what we had been beefing about, but it really changed my perspective about a lot of things and the energy change. Well, fast forward to uh, 1997, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and a friend of mine calls me and says, look, I just came, I'm coming down to Atlanta, and I need a place to crash. Do you know anybody? I'm looking for, I'm going to stay with uh, one of our other homeboys, but he's not going to be in town until X, Y, Z, can I crash at your crib? And lo and behold, this brother came over, stayed at my house, and ended up staying a few months. And is definitely one of my best friends that I have in the entire world today. And he introduced me to my Qigongs, the first Qigongs, the eight standing brocade set. And just every morning we would go outside, and he would be very patient with me, and he was explaining Qigong and explaining, you know, the reason I should add meditation to it. And just that introduction, because then he moved and had got his own place, and I was still practicing. But that introduction to me was the very, very official first step of me humbling myself and taking on someone who knew better than me, who had a superior system, and introduced me to Qigong, which led me to when I met Grandmaster Sanyata Saraswati and learned how to really meditate. And even up to this day, 
working with Dr. Narji and Dr. Abbott and Dr. Mitchell Gibson and Kathy Gibson, um, and the way I teach meditation and all, I have to always give respects back to this brother who put me up on it, you know, early on when I had just moved to Atlanta and was really coming from a space of wilding out, trying to calm my life down. So tonight, this brother, I am bringing him on because I wanted him to be on the air tonight. I know I normally bring Dr. Abbott on first, but I wanted to bring this brother on um, first so we could talk about meditation and just let just just let him share some of his thoughts as well as we kick the show off because he always has some very positive insight. He now stays in Miami and all through the wintertime he's always calling me talking about, yeah, I'm down here doing my yoga and she goes to meditation on the beach. It's about 80 degrees down here. I'm like, well, I don't want to hear that. But tonight I want to hear all from him. So uh, if you all would please put your hands together for my man, uh, Cha'am, peace. Call from the 954. What's going on, Lord? How you feeling? I'm, I'm great, brother. Th- thanks for the intro. Oh, man, it's the least, it's the least, it's the very least that I could do. Every time um, I have, uh, you're just in a a very elite company, you know, and and just uh, being a person who is so humble and don't have no students to be in the company of, teachers who have thousands if not millions of students and you to have made such an impact on my life it's uh, it's the least I could do to have you and invite you to come on the show to talk about a subject that is uh, as you know very important to me and hopefully we can you know break some bread like we do you know Kenston Stedman style where we can bring it down from, from high level to eye level like Jay-Z said, so people can really get a grasp on the importance of this. You know what I mean? Right, we're going to kick right. it off, and then we're going to bring in we're gonna bring in some of the scientists, you know, to come in and make it a very holistic show because we believe in being spiritual, but we also believe in getting paid too, you know? We believe true, true. <laughs> gold and silver, but we know that our foundation is the breath work. So um, if you could, could you introduce yourself to my listening audience and give them a little background about yourself, where you're from, and uh, how you originally uh, got in touch with, you know, the peaceful side of uh, and meditating and Qigong and things like that. All right, all right, all right. As you already said, um, my name is Cha'am, Cha'am Ta. Um, originally from North Carolina, Cape Town, as you already hinted to. Um, met Jazz or Kair. We met at North Carolina ENT State University where we all went to college. Um, actually, before I went off to college, um, around the time I was 18, I first started studying yoga, uh, metaphysics, things of that nature, Bhagavad Gita. You know, the Gita was crucial in that, in that time period. Um, but I 
similar to you, I first started experimenting with meditation, like, my freshman year in college. Like, you know, intentionally trying to um, to really get into it and, and, and do things based upon what I read. Um, eventually, fast forward a little bit, um, around 91, 92, 93, um, some of my college friends were uh, dealing with the Sarasat Society information and really, in, in, in one sense, sort of the root information for, for the Sarasat Society. Um, and through that connection, I got a little more, um, you know, of the science and Tyre already mentioned uh, breath. Breath is one of the the main, you know, major keys. Uh, one thing that, you know, first of all, I want to say, you know, within the past few years, Tyre used to have a website. I don't know if you still have it. Relaxation is the key. All and, day. And, it ain't never and, going nowhere. And, and the slogan. And, um, you know, the last few years, I really um, have come to value the the power behind that statement. Relaxation is the key. It, it's the key to many things. Um, it's the key to to allowing your energy to flow, to circulate more smoothly. You know, when you're dealing with Tai Chi or Qigong, uh, it's also the key to meditation, trance. Um, Accessing other levels of consciousness, um, that's enough in itself. It's the key to to getting to really know yourself, to looking deeper into yourself and and understanding how, you know, the different levels, the multidimensional levels of yourself and, and how your mind, body, soul, and spirit function. Um, but anyway... Um, Let's see. I, I guess I kind of laid out enough in general in terms of my own history. Is, is that sufficient, Kaya? Oh, absolutely. We just, you know, we just gonna get the ball rolling, you know, and just come on down the court, you know, setting up the four corners of our fence right now. We ain't gotta push it like that. Um, right, right, right. For me, um, I know that a lot of people ask. Man, I've been trying to meditate, man. I've been trying to meditate. And they think that they can just stop. They think they can just go from their regular daily life of hectic, 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 and just sit down and be quiet. And it's a lot of challenges uh, when you do that. Did you right. come across some of those challenges when you first got started? And what were some of the things that you had to realize about them challenges being in between you as a beginning meditator and getting to the point where you're at right now? Well, with my answer, I might kind of just jump right to the, you know, jump right to the, 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 the answer on this or what have you. But um, okay. I'm glad you kind of brought that up because for me, and I think for most people, um, the environment, is a is a the environment that you choose in which to to meditate or you know attempt to meditate is highly important. You know, it should be somewhere where you're comfortable, where you can relax. 
you know, relaxation is the key. It should be somewhere where you can relax. It should be a comfortable environment. Um, I mean, preferably myself, I like a, a natural environment that, you know, that's comfortable. And and the other key about the natural environment is, you know, as we as we've already mentioned, uh, breath is one of the main things. So you should be should have fresh air, you know, uh, fresh air. You know, I noticed just from meditating, you know, daily, weekly, or whatever, the the, the way that the breeze is flowing is a major factor. <laughs> you know, if there's no breeze, you know, you're getting less oxygen. Um, if there's a strong breeze, I, I love it, you know, after like a, um, when we're like on the fringe of a hurricane down here in Florida, love to get out there and meditate. Because the, the, the air is just pumping And it's easier to pull it all in To breathe deeply You know, in general What I found over the years Information I came across And, and on experiences But um, in general, the deeper you breathe The, the more calm You know, you, you're accessing more calm And higher levels of, of your consciousness More calm levels of your beings More peaceful And higher levels of consciousness in general, the deeper you breathe. Um, but yeah, the environment is, is very important. And in a sense, you you might want to try to, you, you, you have to designate some me time for yourself or if you meditate with other people, you know, just, you know, it's got to be, thinking scientifically, it's got to be a controlled environment to some, to some degree, you know, in terms of interruptions and, and all of that stuff. Turn off the phones, all of that, and and get into it, and get into it. Mm, now I know you, you know your personality <laughs> is so aligned with your astrological sign. You will just if somebody's frustrating you, you will just leave them when it's time to meditate, and say I'm gonna go find you know, this tranquil spot where I can relax, where it's peaceful and it's outside. What would you say to someone who is like, man, all these people on my nerves? And what about the environment in between the ears? You just described all the environment outside of the ears. Can you talk about the environment in between the ears and uh, and the importance of those conditions when trying to meditate? Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, um, to me, it's all connected. Um, and one reason why I say the outside environment is because, you know, I often come to meditate right after work. And it's a totally, two totally different environments. I meditate on the beach. And, you know, the work environment can get on your nerves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the beach... Relaxes your nerves, and you know, within 30 minutes on the beach, I notice the difference. And I mean, to to sort of add on to what you're saying, um, one thing I've noticed, or one of the goals that we should try to strive for, is that when you meditate, you you instill that calmness within you. To, to me, you know, we're all part of the environment that we're in. You know, a, a friend of mine would say, 
I don't want to use the the bad language, but basically, if you're an if you're in in an environment of feces, then you're only gonna take in feces. You know what I'm saying? So the environment is 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 important. You know, um, especially if you're talking about breathing. You know what I'm saying? Because when you're breathing, you're you're intaking, and you're talking about deep breathing. You know, you're you're intaking what's out outside of you. You know, you you in a sense you you meld and become one with the environment to some degree. Um, but one of the one of the major goals of it, you know, in terms of taking yourself out of the chaos um, into an environment that's comfortable for you, it's uh, that environment, that experience becomes part of you. So that when you go back into the chaos, you can you can handle it better. You know, I, I've been in many situations you know, where people are getting argumentative or whatever. And I had my meditation the day before, the night before, and I don't have that natural reflex to to kick back at them. You know, and sometimes it, it makes, it, it, it's, sometimes it's awkward for the other person because they look foolish because it's almost like, it's like a game where the, natu- the normal person would, would react. But when you don't react, they look foolish because they're the only person being emotional there in some situations. <laughs> you know? So it's, uh, it's a powerful thing, and it's a so, peaceful thing. Right, right, right. For me, I, I always, um, one of the main things, I well, for me, my main meditation, and there are many meditations, there are many meditations, but for me, uh, studying with Senyata, he gave us a lot of high-level meditations. And at the same time, I was working at a call center doing, you know, uh, directory assistance for, uh, for uh, cell phones. And they wanted you to be finished with a call in less than 29 seconds. You know, and there was a lot of pressure to be productive, and people were really stressed out, you know, when they failed a call or they didn't know when somebody was listening to them. And that was kind of where, like, relaxation is the key really got refined because I could relax and come through a call in about 15 seconds because I greeted the caller with this relaxing energy, and it just shut right. down whatever they were coming at, uh, you know, right. coming, at, uh, coming at me with, and I was able to get them out of there much faster because it wasn't no tension. I wasn't expecting no tension. I had myself come and... I had done an experiment, and I asked my supervisor, could I take some people who had low productivity scores and low test scores and meditate with them for, like, 15 minutes twice a week? I wanted to take them off the phone, not on their regular break, but just another 15 minutes, and just put them in a room, cut the lights off, and do a meditation with them. And what what I did was I took an abbreviated version of the microcosmic orbit that uh, Montauk Cheetah probably made famous, and Sanyata Saraswati put the steroids on it, you know. <laughs> and um, so I simplified it in what I was doing and started getting some bananas results. People's productivity shot up. Their test scores went up. Um, their rate of failure went down. 
And they were just even calmer when you listened to them when they were taking calls. They were just much more relaxed. And I was like, wow. Because the first thing I showed them was don't try to block out foreign thoughts. Change your attention to your breath. It's like when you're driving and it's an accident on the side of the road and you see the cars are slowing down in front of you. The only reason that the traffic is slowing down because they're not watching where they're going. They're they, they rubbernecking. They're looking all at the side of the highway. But if you pay attention to what you're doing, which is the essential of life is breathing. I can go, I can go six days without taking my particulars. I can go uh, two weeks without practicing my qigong. I don't like to. I can go a year maybe without doing tai chi. I'm going to be upset. But I can't right. go six minutes without breathing, and then it's going right. to be a real, real problem. So for me, I haven't had anyone show me that there's something more important than breathing all the time. And then right. when I go back to the Bible, you know where we're from. We're from the Bible Bill. It said God gave man, um, he breathed in the man's breath, and he became a living soul. That, that, that was the first thing, the first part of the relationship. What gave me my soul was my breath. And I, every time right. I go back in and I focus on that, no matter how chaotic my life is, things start to get into perspective very quickly. Right. Quickly, because I get so comfortable and the breath feels honored. My breath is almost like a, like a living entity itself, and it feels like I'm honoring it. Do you ever have any similar instances where you go into a meditation and you just, it, the outside world may be, non-relaxing and chaotic, but you don't got tied into the breath and relaxing and just listening and focusing in on that. What type of what type of thing goes on with you when you do that? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, I sort of already hinted, you know, like I say, in general, what, what I found my experience, the deeper your breath, you know, the deeper you go within your own spirit, in a sense to higher levels of consciousness. And when you're really dealing with deep, my experience dealing with very deep breaths, breathing um, breathing rates, very deep and slow breathing rates, um, it just naturally, it, it, it like overtakes you. It, it takes you into a trance. It takes you, it, it just naturally overtakes you. It, with peace and bliss, all, all these higher emotions, all these higher feelings, you know, come naturally. You know, go ahead and go ahead and break it down because, ladies and gentlemen, this is the brother who uh, introduced me to rates breaths per minute, breaths per minute. And I'm gonna tell a story after he tells, you know, what I'm saying uh, his feelings and um, his his research on breaths per minute. So come on and drop that on him. Well, if you don't mind, there's something else I want to kind of cover first. And I don't really okay. want to go too deep into that. I'd rather just keep it general. But w one thing I think that's important, this is the past few years sort of perspectives that I've been coming to. Um, you mentioned the mind and meditation. Um, but I found within the past year or two, you know, the mind, the heart, and the body. You know, they're, they're like, and really, in, in one sense, you could say it's symbolic or certain, um, and what, what I mean by my heart and body, the thoughts, 
the emotions and your actions in one sense. You know, they're sort of the thoughts are embedded in the mind, the emotions project from the heart, and the emotions move you to action. And so I think it's important to, to acknowledge all of those levels of your being, you know, in which there are probably more and there's probably um, more complicated ways of looking at it, but that's one way that generic way that I've been looking at it lately because it's important to be able to keep your heart still too, you know, not only your mind, but your heart still in control because, you know, like I say, that emotional factor <laughs> can be another thing, even if you, you know, Generally, when we're meditating and we're going inside of ourselves, you know, it's sort of that, especially when you're first learning, it's like that inner chatter in the mind, you know. And, and Kaya, you just pointed out to to one um, one particular technique to, to sort of handle that inner chatter is to focus on the breath. Uh, the other thing is to focus on mantras, which, you know, is simply words, um you know, particular specific words and, you know, repetition is is very powerful in itself. Simplicity and repetition uh, in terms of training the mind, you know, just a simple repetitive chant or thought in the mind, uh, it keeps the mind focused on one particular thing, one particular thing. It's simplistic, um, periodic, and it's very powerful. You know, and and it sort of keeps that chattering side of our brain busy, <laughs> so it's actually working for you and not against you. You know, so anything else? No, I still want you to tell them about the lower <laughs> the breath. I still want you to tell them about the lower the breath rate. I want you to tell them the difference between sixty breaths per minute, thirty breaths per minute even down to four breaths per minute, even down to one breath per minute. All right. Well, all right, you're, you're dragging it out of me. Um, <laughs> well, like I say, um, when I first started learning, I sort of came up through the uh, Asara Set system. And in that system, you know, Meduna Tail 1, Raul Nefer, I mean, he speaks about um, the different breath rates. And I still use that those general breath rates. Um, and, you know, I'm still studying this stuff. Uh, it's some deep stuff. It's, it's, it's related to harmonics. Supposedly what he says in the book is that your spirit, your mind, your, your, your heart, your body, they um, stabilize at specific breath rates. Um, for the most part, I've used probably for the most part generally only those particular breath rates which he which he's recommended. I still have experimented with some, some slower ones. But um like the, the 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 highest one to reach the higher level the highest level of consciousness which he's sort of points to is like is one breath per minute. One breath per minute, three breaths per minute, three breaths per minute, um four and a half breaths per minute, six breaths per minute. Uh, nine breaths per minute, and then according to what he says in the book, 18 breaths per minute is is generally what most of us breathe. 
uh, somewhere around 18 to 21 breaths per minute. And the way he put it is 18 breaths per minute is 6 plus 6 plus 6. It's the beast. (laughs) So, you know, sort of symbolic there, but it's basically pointing out that, you know, in one sense, the faster you breathe, the lower your level of consciousness. And the deeper and slower that you breathe, the more you tap into the divinity that's within you. Mm, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, in my particular research, I have noticed I love the, the, the slower breaths per minute because I do less adrenaline and more serotonin. That's like right. my flavor right there. Right. Less adrenaline exactly. and more serotonin. So I'm gonna bring in one of uh one of one of my favorite uh scientists here I'm gonna introduce you to in a second, um, and ask her to talk about the difference between adrenaline and serotonin and like give a little commentary on what she's heard thus far because I did this subject and everybody knows Tuesday is symptometry night, but symptometry is seventy percent nurturing, you know. A lot of we talk about a lot of diseases. We talked about curing almost everything on the planet in the last fifty-five, fifty-six shows. You know, we talked about cancer, AIDS. Uh, 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 I, I mean, everything. The different things to eat, but we have not had a lot of talking about just nurturing the mind and slowing it down. You know, because I've even had talk with people who want to come to symptometry, and they want to do everything so fast that they're still creating an excess amount of adrenaline. And Dr. Abbott, when he comes on, I'm going to ask him to talk about, you know, the effects of adrenaline, you know, the adrenaline glands on the kidneys, or Dr. Weinick if she wants to talk about it. But to me, this is a very important subject because we have to nurture our spirit, you know, because... This is when we start tapping into, as Dr. Gibson called it this weekend, the codex. The codex is the system of information in the universe of all knowledge and information that ever was and that ever will be. And he said, he said the number one way to get it to open up to you is to sit still and do nothing. Don't sit still and think. Don't sit still while you're eating. Don't sit still while you're watching a movie. No, sit still and do nothing. Don't sit still and, and expect. A lot of people mess up their meditation experiencing through expectations. You can't never have the same experience. Well, you, you may have an experience very similar to something that you had before, but to sit down and expect to have the experience you had last time is kind of unrealistic. How do you feel about that? Me? Yeah, have you ever sat down and, you know, in expectation of let me get the same experience I had last time, or do you sit down and say, let me get that new-new? Well, not exactly the same experience. You know, it it reminds me, um, I remember one time I was on the phone with you and Sonyata, and, um, you know, one thing that Sonyata was saying is that science is about being able to produce repeatable results. So... So, uh, I mean, I have found that, you know, with the breath rates, you know, particular rates, they do give you similar experience. They they put you in a similar state of consciousness, you know, uh, the more you use them. 
but it's, it's funny you mention that in terms of expectation because um, that's something I've been really uh, pondering lately just in life in general and, and producing results and manifesting things is it's that fine line, that balance between um, expecting something and just raw, spontaneous creativity, you know. You you gotta you gotta respect you gotta give yourself some leeway to to create and produce something new, but yet at the same time you know sometimes you expect things and sometimes you don't. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, what I want to do right here at this particular juncture, I want you to stay on the line right now, and I'm gonna bring in, uh, like I said now. I've been wanting to introduce you. You you and this person I'm getting ready to bring on, in my mind, I have already set y'all down and let and watch and listen to you all chop up the Vedic astrology. Because even though she's she's quite modest. She's quite modest. She's as right. proficient as she is modest, you know? Right. And um but tonight uh I just gonna be y'all uh first informal introduction to one another. And but I but it's not going to be on the Vedic system. This is going to be on nurturing and the breath and and the scientific side and really whatever she wants to talk about. Because this is my good buddy. This is my good friend. She's an outstanding doctor. She is a just a phenomenal woman. She's just fabulous in everything that she does. And her proficiency is bananas. You know, uh, I want everybody to just greet. Dr. Wynick, yay! Welcome. Oh. Hello, Coach. How are you? Hi, Dr. Wynick. Dr. Mm-hmm. Wynick, this is my friend, Chaam, and Chaam, this is Dr. Wynick. Nice Hello, to meet you, Dr. Wynick. Chaam, is that how you say it? Chaam. Chaam, Chaam, nice. nice to meet you. You as well. So, Dr. Wynick, you've been um, listening to two old friends chop it up tonight. What do, what do you think about what we're talking about thus far? Let's see. Where shall I start? <laughs> um, effectively, the breath is a reflection of the movement of the mind. And the mind is the abstract of the data processing that occurs in a brain. And data is coming in at the level of what we are consciously aware of, you know, the things that we can see or hear or taste or touch or smell through our, through, you know, our conscious senses. But there's also data that's coming in that we're not aware of. Um, so, for instance, at a cellular level, we're not aware of all of the all of the workings and all of the doings and all of the movings that are happening every nanosecond of every day. For instance, to make urine, or to make saliva, or to um, uh, to digest the food we eat. We're not aware consciously. It's all happening at the level of the subconscious awareness. 
So that would be, you know, things that are happening in the physical body. But there's also things that are, there's data that's being processed, you know, relative to our connection between the energy of who we are and the matter that we become. So in a three-dimensional space, there's movement. There's constant movement. So the breath as a reflection of this movement, the conscious and the unconscious, is a reflection of the work, the force, the, 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 the energy um, that's moving through our physical being. And the more, the more work, the more force, which is a physics term, um, the more, in a, way, in a way, that's distracting from the stillness out of which we come. So in turning our focus, because most of us spend a lot of time during the day and actually while we're asleep, um, focusing on the movement, especially the movement of the mind. Uh, Jahan was talking about the chatter, the mind chatter. We're all aware of this. We're all aware of the thoughts that are constantly streaming through our head. This is simply movement of energy. And many forms of meditation, yes, are available. But what they effectively do is to move the focus to something that's moving more slowly, which when we focus, for instance, on the breath or a mantra or a yantra, um, or when we focus on a point or whatever it is, um, then we are moving away from something that's moving more quickly meaning the thoughts in our head, to our heart rate, for instance, that's moving more slowly, or the breath that moves more slowly when the focus is there and not on the movement of the mind. Because the faster the mind is running, the faster the rate of breathing will be. And the other fascinating thing is that with, with eating, anybody's ever paid attention to this, and I think probably many people have, when there's more physical work happening relative to digesting and processing food, the heart rate and the respiratory and the breathing rate are going to be faster. So there's many different ways um, to move the attention away from that which is moving fast and then takes our awareness into that movement or to focus on that which is less active um, and uh, eating in a different way also is a way to slow the movement of these physical processes and the physical work that's happening in our system all the time. So many yogis and sufis um, you know, talk about meditating um, with an empty stomach, for instance, 
or a lot of the, the people who have been meditating for a long time, or the, the, at least the people you hear about that are in caves somewhere in the Himalayas that don't eat at all, um, be, and can be in a place of less movement. Um, that's the reason, because there's just less physical work that's being done that moves the awareness away from the stillness. So what we are is pure awareness. Um, I, 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 the way I look at it, we're kind of on this reconnaissance mission. You know, I see myself as kind of a, um, well, an astronaut that's just kind of observing, watching, taking in data. And um, in that, in one of my experiences, which is just more data, but one of the experiences that I had um, during meditation was that, and Jahan talked about the breath in, taking a deep breath in, but the breath out is just as important because the breath in, yes, brings oxygen from the air that we're breathing, but it takes enzymes to even extract the oxygen from the air to get it into our blood. And then there's a lot of stuff happening in, the, in, the, in that split-second interval between the breath in and then the breath out is releasing carbon dioxide to waste. So the, the breath out is as important as the breath in. And the more still one becomes, one recognizes that it's all happening automatically, that it's a dance. The gift of the breath in is then returned with the breath out, the giving and the taking. Mm. The, uh, Dr. Weinick, in your in your career, um, have you seen or noticed a difference in patients that have come to you who uh, breathe like short, you know, short breath or almost panting or upper chest level breathing versus those who are capable of uh, sustainable or deep breathing or belly breathing? Definitely. People who are rapid, shallow breathers, physiologically what's happening is that there is um, a rapid uh, exhausting of carbon dioxide and a relative restriction of the breath, which then restricts the blood flow to all the cells in the body. And that creates what's called a metabolic acidosis at the cellular level. Um, uh, so when a person is breathing shallow because physiologically they're doing more work, they, they eat more food, they spend more time watching TV and on the Internet, on iPods, iPads, um, TV, news, radio. I mean, they're totally in, 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 in growth in the movement, and some people have done studies. I'm not sure how they did this because it's an internal experience, but it's been probably by, by a person who's aware and able to do this, about 200,000 different chaotic thoughts are moving through the awareness every single day. So if the breath 
is a reflection of the movement of the mind. If you take the respiratory rate 16 times a minute and you, and you multiply that by 24, uh, sorry, 16 times 60, I can do the calculations on my computer here, um, and then you take that times um, 24, did that right? Oh, times 60, times 60. That's, I don't know if I got that exactly right, but something like 57,000 breaths a day that that person is taking. That's a lot of work. That, that, that creates a lot of heat. Um, that creates a lot of breakdown in the system because ultimately it's heat that breaks down cellular structure on a certain level. But if that person, that same person can learn to turn off the TV, um, you know, I was just talking about cutting out, you know, not, not pick up the magazines at the newsstands, not listen to the radio when they're in the car, not be distracted by things that um, are additional data, in the, I call it inane data, and they're breathing 10 times a minute. So... That's 36,000. 36, that's about half the number of breaths that that person took during that day. So day after day after day after day, you know, who's going to be closer to optimal function? So that's why meditation or meditation techniques, whatever helps to slow the movement of the mind, will the energy expenditure, and getting back to your original question, it reduces the workload. So those people are going to be healthier than those people who are breathing 16 times a minute. You know, and then it even factors down if you're taking six or eight breaths a minute because it gets habituated. Uh, if, if, if a person continues to practice, then... The, the, what's called a resting respiratory rate will be slower. So, yes, it's, it's definitely a physical, uh, physiologic and physical benefit. Ah, I don't have all my, um, I don't have all my sound effects in tonight, but I would be saying, it's awesome, baby, if I did have them on there tonight, so... Shalom, you see why this is one of my best friends right here, right? You see the type yes, of crowd I, I'm going to I see, with, right? I see, I see. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Well, let me, um, I want to go get Dr. Abbott, too, because I know he is, um, I got to bring my, I got to bring my uh, acupuncturist in the game, and I got to bring a fellow Qigong practitioner, a fellow engineer, uh, all-around great guy and one of my mentors as well. Let me open his mic up. Welcome to the show this evening, Dr. Abbott. Good evening, Coach. Good evening, everyone, Dr. Wanick. Good evening, Dr. Abbott. Yes. Now, Dr. Well, Abbott, I, I, I held you off like a, like, like a stallion at the, at the Kentucky Derby. I said, he he used to come up first. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a hold him up here and let him... Listen to all this stuff, here, and then I'm gonna let them bust out the gate. So uh, you can start wherever you want to right about now. 
Well, I really find that this is really a, a fascinating subject because ultimately this is what brought me into the field that I'm that I'm in. Um, now as a symptometrist, as a, a uh, acupuncturist, it's, it's so important to understand how the breath, how energy, how the life force, it's all intertwined together. And, you know, looking back at, you know, the the first steps for me, it was that I, I wanted to uh, feel better. I wanted to know more, and it was um, through the, the practice of uh, meditation and Tai Chi and the Tao and I Ching and some of the other uh, the 99 names, some of the literatures that I was fortunately introduced to. I ultimately saw that they were all pointing towards the same thing, and that was making the connection, and that's the connection between all things. I, I look at the you know, when we examine the what is called the yin yang symbol, and that is pure science right there. But it takes the information and the knowledge that we gather to bring it all together but there's so much that's incorporated in it and I know we were talking you were speaking earlier about um, you know different you know different parts of the, of the body and you know the, the endocrine system is like one of the the main areas of the body that has to has to has to function properly um, and in regards to meditation, the, uh, the, the adrenals are very, are very, very important because oftentimes this is where the fight or flight syndrome, I mean, where, where either we go into fight or flight, it actually happens. I was just reading an article today about uh, some, how some people use um, marijuana as a way to distress themselves but then why would we need why do we need that to I mean to, to relieve themselves of stress so therefore what, where are these stressors coming from and when we look at this these stressors are brought about by one as we know from symptometry because all of it is connected is that that's cell nourishment. And if the cells are not getting what they need, then it will make this journey on Earth so much more difficult. You know, there, there are many, many uh, people who breathe, and that's pretty much what they do. I mean, if you go to the Himalayas or some of these temples, I mean, that's just a part of their daily lives. But as Dr. Weinick said, you know, the the energy that they need to move around where people are being more, you know, stationary and, and still, they can focus on the breath. However, that that is a disconnection. There is a disconnection between the mind and the body. So the purpose of all of it is to make sure that we integrate it as a whole. And so that is 
what has been a part of my my process with this is because there's a lot of schools that are that are out here, and along the way you, we can all stop stop beside the road and smell the roses and check out to see what is being offered because. As human beings, we have to keep learning from the cradle to the grave. And so to have a platform like this tonight, just really further substantiate how much and the people that we're associated with, uh, symptomatry is associated with how wide the field and the spectrum is. And as, you know, Dr. Nadi said, you know, there's 16... Uh, different disciplines that have been woven together to make symptometry. So for me, you know, I, I've, I've used meditation in the past as just a way, as a way to connect and to de-stress myself. Okay, and 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 at the time that I started doing that, it was. I thought I needed that as a part, you know, in my life because for some reason there was just this tugging, you know, something was just tugging at me to say, okay, well, my inner voice, if you will, was giving me these messages to get started. And I never forget the very first time that I tried it or I started to do it, I just, it seems like I went somewhere and I don't, it was just in a place that was just, I couldn't even really describe it, but it was something like I had never remembered experiencing before. And I enjoyed that that type of feeling that it brought to me, and so it became a part of my practice, uh, you know, along with the other internal um, art form. Uh, you know, Tai Chi and Qigong. So, you know, as far as the acupuncture paradigm, this is all about the same exact thing. It's really about balancing the masculine to the feminine energies in the body, which ultimately is one energy. They all should merge to bring in that one energy. But at the at the same time, each there's each segment. There's several, many, many segments inside of that that has a specific function to perform. And this is where the specifics within the field of science brings brings it all into uh, you know focus and understanding. And so when there's a when there's something out of balance. You will, that's not functioning properly, then this is this is the this that's what needs to be the attention needs to be brought to that and then ultimately, you know, fixed, repaired, or cured because many of these uh, problems perhaps there are some people who can't meditate. They feel agitated or they have some type of illness or sickness that prevents them from doing it. So this is, again, the cells communicating that this is, you know, this is, there is something that needs to be done. And 
we can use the resources that are available, but but ultimately we want to be able to merge them together. Well, we merge in the forces, the spiritual, along with the scientific and the physical. Right. Y'all coming, y'all coming with it tonight, right here on on every angle, and is I just want to say to myself. Kyrie, you got this thing coming along much better than you planned. I didn't have no idea it was going to go together this way or right here. So uh, I'm very, very thankful to to my spirit, guys. I'm in a very relaxed state myself. I've been over here counting my breaths um, right now. I, I did a I did a brief meditation uh, like five minutes before the show came on, and I was down to uh, about. Uh, right around four and a half breaths a minute, and right now as I was listening to Dr. Weinick and uh, Dr. Abbott, I was I was checking myself. I was at about six breaths per minute because I am like really really relaxed. I'm just focusing. I got a hole in one of my socks to tell you the truth, and I got my feet kicked up in the chair, and uh, I'm not even letting that phase me. I'm just like this is real living right here, and I'm just imagining. You know, I'm breathing six breaths a minute. As soon as I get off the phone, I'm going to break it down to about two breaths a minute, and I'm going to just just focus on that $100,000. I heard somebody tell me last night, I don't know if this is off the subject or not, but he said we were at a homecoming at uh, Hustle University, and he said it's very important to always have $100,000 at your fingertips to be able to touch when you want it. And I was like, where did that come from? But I said, it don't matter because I'm going to put that in my meditation. You know, I want to... <laughs> I'm going to just add that into my meditation. So, um, Dr. Andy, before I bring Dr. Nardi in, I wanted you, I wanted to hear your perspective on um, adrenaline versus serotonin and, um, you know, that, that, that upper chest breathing slash panting, how it activates adrenaline and some of the short side of that. And could you please give um, the listening audience um, your perspective or scientific definition of serotonin and why we as human beings at this particular juncture in our evolution need serotonin more than we need adrenaline. Okay. Um, you know, ultimately, Coach, uh, you know, like I said earlier, the adrenal, the adrenal, the adrenal cortex, the adrenal glands. You know, ultimately, this comes around to our, our fight or flight uh, response. And you know, these are hormones that are produced. And the production of these hormones are necessary. You know, for you know our, our blood, our nerves, and things of, of that nature. And of course, when we get you know, it's a part of our central nervous system and our and our glands, our, our endocrine system. So the fight-or-flight response is, is either we're going to make a decision to breathe and relax and just know that we'll be okay, or, or, or actually if we're in a situation where we're in danger, we have to make the decision either to run or stay there and stand our ground. And so, you know, that's a that's a 50-50 chance because you may get away, you may not, or if you fight, it may not 
um, help, you know, it may, it may not, you may get yourself hurt or someone else may, may be hurt. But the production of serotonin, um, these, this is a neurotransmitter, so it actually, you know, functions through the nerves. Um, but it helps us with our, you know, our memory and our learning. So it actually is a way in which, you know, it's a hormone that we need in order for us to to function properly in our society. So therefore, you know, it's important for for us to sleep properly, to eat properly, so you know we have to eat scientifically. And these are things that will help us to produce more serotonin. You know, so it keeps us in a basically a, a very peaceful state. And ultimately, that's going to come from a, a lifestyle, okay? Uh, and it helps to regulate the, the person's mood. And what do we tell a person to consume? We tell them to consume the foods that are high in phenylalanine and that have heme iron in them. So that is our, you know, the lamb, the goats, the bison and things of that nature. And if you really look at the nature of those animals, even outside of it, just the scientific evidence that that's shown from what they have, I mean, the, the things that they have in them, is that they're, they're pretty playful and grazing animals. They're pretty cooled out. You know, they're not like birds or crows where they're all over the place, but they graze and kind of go along. And, you know, they socialize with one another, but they they don't really go off and bother another group, if you will. You know, they just pretty much live off the land and and find special plants that they like and they just do their, their thing. So, you know, the production of serotonin is uh, most important for our moods and just the way in which that we function so that we are happy people. I know that's right. And especially coming from a married man, you know, you can't have your wife and they all uptight either. So we, oh, we're, trying to save, we're trying to save you know some relationships around right here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's important. And that's why it's important for us to work cooperatively together in, in those situations, you know, whether or not if it's a loved one or um, a friend or people that we work with. It's just that, you know, using the things that we already have been familiarized with in centometry to produce the proper body and brain essentials that will allow us to be truly human beings where we're healthy on all the seven fronts. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Chaam, I know this is your first time, you know, co-hosting on the panel tonight, but uh, how's your energy feeling over there? Are you down to two breaths per minute yet? Let me see, is he still on the line? Chaam, are you still on the line? Maybe he put his phone on mute. Okay, well, if you are, take your phone off mute. Uh, Yes, sir. Okay. 
Yeah, I was just asking you your feedback on uh, before I bring Dr. Nardi in on uh, how, how, how's your breathing rate over there right now, uh, being on the line with all this information tonight. Oh, breathing slower and slower. <laughs> Except for that slight interruption I just got. <laughs> Okay, okay. I didn't want you to I didn't want you to go off in the Nirvana yet before Dr. Nardi gets in. He's uh, All right. All right. I'm uh I'm gonna let him bring in a little um jet fuel and rocket fuel on top of what we already got. So without further ado, I definitely want to bring in the founder, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. You can take him all the way from Africa, bring him through Stedman and Kenston, all the way through Los Angeles, California. And he gonna find and make himself at home and still drop science. The founder of Symptometry, and definitely my mentor, uh, my very good friend, my my personal doctor, Dr. Maxwell Narty. Dr. Narty, welcome to the show tonight. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you, Coach. Um, thank you, Cheyenne. Yes, thank sir. Thank you, Dr. Warnick, and hello. And thank you, Dr. Abbott, and hello, and thank you to all of you, and hello. Good evening. Good, good evening, good evening, good evening. Uh, Dr. Doctor Narty, I know you've been listening, and uh, I'm going to just, I mean, this was a uh, show that, I, that, as you know, this is, this, this is a show that gets very close to me, and i like for you to, you know, as far as the nurturing aspect, a lot of people are always hearing you talking about the iron and the enzymes and the, and, 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 and the food essentials and, they, and, and, and the food biologists and the scientists part. But can you talk about just the importance of nurturing the spirit, you know, in the, in the body when it's time to receive you know, a lot of times you say we get some of these, some of this information from the planet Neptune, but even the planet Neptune is just one planet. You know, in our very vast universe that is being created by what you call the the megaforce. So, can you talk about a little bit about the importance of uh, and how meditation ties into nurturing of the spirit and how that opens people up different channels to be able to receive healing in different formats. Oh, thank you very much. Um, when uh, I was very intrigued by, by your story, how you started and uh, how you met um, your first guide and mentor, Cheyenne, and uh, I also heard you mention Sinyata and how he also guided you in your Qigong and Tai uh, Chi, which are, you know, energy flow patterns. And uh, they helped you. And uh, I was very, very delighted to hear that. Uh, you, you are very, very, you are a very grateful person. And that is good. When I started, I, when I started meditation in Chicago, uh, it was called transcendental meditation. They had uh, a few schools that were run by a few trans 
mentalist, you know, and um, because um, they had given up on me and nothing I was doing was working or just spending money left and right. And finally, I went into one of the centers on the Chicago North Side. And this was where I really learned something about mind over matter. Uh, I was so sick that I could barely hold my, my frame together. But shortly after the third session, I had a lot of mental energy. Where was this coming from? And for the first time, I realized that I had neglected my mind completely. I was good at intellectual work. I had a very, very good photographic memory, which I still have until this day. But I had never nurtured my mind. So it was transcendental meditation that introduced me to that aspect of health. When I say mind over matter, maybe some people do not really understand what I mean. You have a toothache, and that tooth, that, 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 that tooth hurts real bad. Or you have a pounding headache. Or you have your big toe that is hurting, and it's even, the pain is throbbing. But when you sit down, uh, Dr. Warneck mentioned focusing. She mentioned the abstract. I was nodding as she, as she was mentioning these two words. Uh, Dr. Abbott mentioned the adrenal gland. I was also nodding. I found a good definition for meditation. And then I really understood why it was important for me to nurture my mind. It was after this nurturing of the mind began that I started getting ideas and my wife was the one who suggested that I go to Britain. What is meditation? What is it? What is it? It is the art of using the mind to reconnect with the abstract where dark energy rules and reigns supreme. It is dark energy that gave us white energy and white energy gave us light. Let there be light and there was light. Therefore, darkness predates light. 
Babies grow in their mother's womb in total darkness. Darkness equals zero radiation. The growth hormone stimulates the cells best in zero radiation. That's why we advise people to sleep in a dark room. All of us come from darkness. And meditation takes us back to the beginning. So if you focus properly, if you have enough mental energy to focus properly, you will reconnect with the beginning. And this is where ideas will come from nowhere and show you a totally different way of doing things. That was how I had the idea to do things differently. This time, take matters in my, into my own hands. And this was after transcendental meditation. Whoever knew that mind power is so transformational? Well, I found it for the first time. Mental energy equals mental power. Mm. You can move things just by focusing like a laser beam on your objective. This is why people who know how to meditate, who have mastered the technique of meditation, are great achievers. They are great achievers. We talk about meditation, but you also have to talk about health. Because if you are not in good health, I, I, I personally have never heard of a person who suffers from pneumonia and does deep breathing. I've never heard of one. I've never heard of a person who suffers from emphysema who does deep breathing. If you are going to use your lungs, make sure that your lungs are healthy. Your lungs should not be tattered. This is where health dovetails into meditation. You want to be very healthy? Have strong adrenal support. You want to meditate very well? You want to, you want to, you want to score points in meditation? Make sure that your mental health is sound. Make sure that, as uh, Chayan uh, um, uh, said earlier, where you are going to meditate should be a very quiet area. You cannot meditate on a on a, on the second on the second floor of an apartment that overlooks a busy Chicago street in downtown Chicago with cars honking, policemen blowing their whistles, ambulances blowing their sirens, fire trucks and all that. How can you meditate? In such an environment, the distraction 
will be too overwhelming. So where you meditate is as important as the food you eat. Nurturing the mind is very important. People tend to forget about it. But no, this was what made me to start a journey on a totally different trajectory that has brought symptomatic today. If you want to nurture your mind, well, you may sit down and do a few practices. You know, you started by saying that uh, uh, there are two ways to do some meditation. We have the constant practice, constant practice, constant practice, constant practice. And the Chayan also mentioned the mantra, you know, the mantra, the mantra. We were giving mantras also. And the mantra with the constant repetition and the vibrations, they help you to focus the mind. But how do you slow the mind? How do you slow it? How do you slow it down? So that the mental screen remains black without any object without anything crossing that mental screen. How do you keep it still? You need a lot of mental energy to achieve this objective. And how do you generate mental energy? How do you do it? This is where the kind of food you eat, the serenity of the atmosphere, of the area, they all contribute towards that. This is what I have for nurturing the mind. Thank you. Oh, I might just uh just 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 replay this whole show next week. Just 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 let us give everybody a week off. Dr. Abbott and just say, hey wait. This one is this one is definitely going down in the books. Uh, I, um, of course, I got a couple more things I want to cover. But I still want to. I want to go ahead and opening the lines up. I want to get everybody out of here in a timely fashion and respect everybody's time this evening. Uh, the calling number is three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine. Three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine. If you have a comment, question, or feedback concerning the topic that we've been discussing tonight meditation, relaxation, stealing the mind, uh, energy, just everything, you know, or anything, anything particular that you want to add to it. If you think that we may have looked over or you, or you want to ask us about, please don't hesitate to call in and, and, and press 1. Um, Dr. Nardi gave an amazing example of meditation and returning to the darkness, like returning to the source that which you came from, you know, uh, where we were just so peaceful. And me, I've always, I just want to just add on um, for people, like, so they can look at dynamics. You know, a lot of people think about prayer and think about meditation, you know. And prayer, as taught to me by one of my master teachers, is the art of speaking and not listening, where meditation was the act of listening 
and not speaking. Now, I know some of you say, well, well, the mantra, isn't that speaking? No. When I say speaking, I'm just talking about, like, idle chatter that really does not fit into what you have going on. Mantras are scientifically designed. And I and I want to put an end to the myth, Wu Sa is not a mantra. That was in a movie, okay? Wu Sa is not a <laughs> mantra. That was in a movie. Martin Lawrence made he's a comedian. He's a comedian. So like Dr. Nardi said, the place that you decide to meditate is just as important as the food you eat. The person who teaches you how to meditate is just as important as the person who is preparing your food. Did they wash their hands? Do they have clean thoughts? I don't want you bringing me anything. I don't even want you cutting open my golden pineapple that's been sitting upside down for three days. If you ain't wash your hands and you got ill intentions and your thoughts ain't right, don't touch my pineapple. What do you think about that, Dr. Nardi? Do you want oh, somebody with that? That is very true. That is true, 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 true. Because, uh, oh, yes, 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 because vibrations, vibrations go a long way. And if you have negative thoughts, oh, man, you are going to contaminate my food. So uh, <laughs> it is not a matter of even uh, preparing my food. Uh, it's a question of... Uh, who is even sharing the table with you where you are eating? You know, it's not just the food, but even the company. Who, 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 are, who are you sharing the table with? You see? And the people do not know much about the world of vibrations. If they knew something about the world of vibrations, they would, they would be more careful, more careful, and uh, uh, they, would st- they would stop stressing themselves unnecessarily, you see? So this is very important because you are going to you are going to open your mouth and put that food in there, and it was cooked by a person who who was so vitriolic in, uh, in he saw a comment to another person before he walked in, into walk into the kitchen, huh? and look at the way you you be cutting the the, the 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 onion, slicing the onion. Look at the way you be cutting the meat with so much anger. No, 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 no. That food cannot get into a pers- uh, into the body of a person who lives in a positive realm. No way. <laughs> and the food, the same way Dr. Nardi is talking about the table that you eat with, is the same way when you are sitting down to meditate with somebody. One thing I was blessed, I had to be blessed by I have to say I'm grateful to everybody is when I was meditating with Sanyata or when I meditate with uh, with Dr. Gibson, um, they've always maintained a very loving and peaceful environment for me to sit down and quiet my mind. And the people even in the room who were novice, or beginning meditators to feel the the presence of the person leading the meditation and their vibration was even more calming. And I've had people come and tell me, I've been in a room full of novices, and sometimes I can feel their chatter and feel their thoughts, and I have to stay focused myself 
to make sure that they have a access point. If anybody, I know Dr. Nardi, I mean Dr. Abbott, uh, being an engineer, you know about the X and Y axis, which is the center point, the origin. So somebody in that room, somebody, when you're eating good food, if that chef is back there whistling and happy and singing and all that, man, I'm ready to eat that food. Well, it's the same way because that's from the center. You know, that's from the center. That's where it's coming from. He's deciding what's going out next. He He's even giving out the directions to the waiters with love in his voice. Well, it's the same thing when you go somewhere to meditate. If you got somebody that's joking around or somebody that's playing around or you're getting somebody that's saying, come on, let's smoke this weed and, this, and, the, and the meditation is going to take you higher. Listen, Ain't nobody smoke more. Well, I ain't gonna say nobody smoke more weed than me, but ain't nobody on this show right now smoke more weed than me. And you can't get high. You can't go to a space in meditation by smoking weed. You cannot do it. You can't smoke no marijuana and even consider duplicating the state of original darkness that is accomplished by a sincere fresh mind, clean meditation. And, and, and if actually, you, say that again? No, I was saying that, that that reminds me of a, a situation that I, I, you know, saw at one time years ago in a, in a Qigong group meditation where someone thought that they could, that they could do that, but it act, the reverse actually happened and they went into basically some, you know, some type of Convulsive and and had they had lots and lots of stomach pain in which they were pretty much tossed out of the circle and they were on the side just on the on the ground writhing in pain you know just all kinds of pain. <laughs> Don't play with this stuff, people. That's basically I'm gonna translate what Doctor Abbott just said. Don't play with this stuff because then when Doctor Nardi comes back in and says what you will hear. From your cells. This is a public service announcement, as they say. You <laughs> will hear from your cells. Dr. Nardi, am I lying? Am I joking? <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> your, cells, your cells are saying, well, you introduced me to come into this period of solitude, of recuperation, of nurturing, and then you gonna come in here and play with that? Oh, we got a trick for you, buddy. Okay, all right, we got something for you. And because they know your cells know where your weakness is at. Where you lying about your weaknesses, your cells say we know where that's at. We can just dial that up <laughs> like a like a speed dial. They don't even have to hit seven numbers. They don't even gotta go through all that. No area code, no nothing. Just press one number and be a speed dial. You're like, whoa, whoa, my, why is my kidney feeling like that? Oh, 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 my liver, ooh, 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 my tonsils, whoa, why am I too hurting? Because now here comes the matter over the mind, not the opposite. Here comes the matter now. See, your cells, man, we might have to do a whole show about how the cells get you when you buy yourself on that back alley, Dr. Nardi. They get you on that back alley. <laughs> Get you in that back alley, and they and they can become ruthless, you know. Just the hijack. Get y'all jammed up. Okay, let me see if I got anybody on the line. Y'all got me excited tonight. Three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine is the call in number. 
Uh, I, I want to thank everybody from the 703-917-510s, 770s, 224s, 904s, 774s for calling in tonight, 443s. It seems like we got people calling from all around the country and the world tonight. So if you have any, um, if you got anything that you want to comment on or question or, you know, let us have some feedback on what you feel, if you got any value at all from the show, we would love to hear from you because, you know, without y'all, I'm not, I, I know this information, but I want to hear is it relative and how somebody can take this and apply it to their uh, to their everyday life. Uh, Chao, I want you to come on back on real quick uh, before somebody presses one and come back out of your two breaths per minute. You're probably down real <laughs> low right now, maybe even to the breathless state. And um, just, you know, give me some commentary on something that may have been triggered in your thoughts because I know you are – like you listen to learn, not listen to respond. So I just want to hear, you know, what is some of the things that you picked up tonight uh, by Dr. Wynek sharing and Dr. Abbott and Dr. Nardi and myself? Well, something you just said earlier um, regarding the teachers and, you know, selecting a teacher or what have you, you know, and what, a, what one of the principles that stick in my mind is that, you know, First of all, I think some of the best te- teachers are those who live by example, you know, and those who live by example, you know, they, their example, they don't even have to speak, you know. They're, you learn from their example just from being around them. Like you just mentioned, being the axis, you know, just the presence, you know, someone who's a master, the presence you can learn from it because in many times they do things totally different than the norm. And you and you naturally pick up on the contrast. Um, there was something else I was going to say about that. Can't think of it right now. <laughs> um, the other thing, um, something that Dr. Weinick said, it made me think of um, the Hatha Yoga Pradipika. Uh, one of the yoga yoga classic books. Um, she mentioned she mentioned that the breath reflects the mind. But if I'm not mistaken, I have to look up. I tried to look it up while I was here, but my internet connection is not that good. Um, but I'm sure it says, and, and this is my common experience, that in one sense they they affect each other. It, it's a back and forth type of relation in that the the breath is a reflection of the mind but also the mind is a reflection of the breath and the and the breath can be used to tame the mind and you know as I mentioned it earlier even though I know this may not be scientific this may be more of a metaphoric sense but also the heart as well you know slowing down the breath can calm the brain and the heart you know, the mind and the heart can calm your whole being. I just, I just want to clarify, I said the movement of the mind. The breath is the reflection of the movement of the mind. It's not a reflection of the mind. Oh, okay. So it's absolutely true. It's a back and forth. They're, they're right. connected in the movement. Right. 
God, I just love it when my, all my family is all gathered around right now. We just need to be passing around some big, sweet pieces of watermelon right now and pineapple, mango. Something we all agree on, absolutely. Um, what was the what was the piece um, that just that interplay? You know that that all of us have been have been speaking of. Dr. Weinig brought it up first. Just on the inhale and the exhale, you know that that and and that carbon dioxide is the release of the waste product, where the inhalation of the oxygen is bringing in you know everything useful. But you still have to balance that out with I want to remove everything that's non-useful and that's already been used already. And what you just said about you know it's slowing the it's slowing the heart rate down. You know, the heart rate, if I'm inhaling slower, I'm not putting those demands on the heart that I normally would from breathing at a faster pace and breathing, you know, at, at, at a, um, you know, at a higher tempo. So there's, like she said, there's less work, you know, and, this is not just because she's Dr. Weinick is the female on the panel, but I've had many wise women tell me that in life they want three things, more fun, more money, and less work, you know? And so that sounds like, some, that sounds like the sales talking, you know? Don't make me work overtime when it's not necessary. If I have to lift a car off of somebody to save their life, then the cells don't mind doing things like that. The body is built with all the muscles and the thighs and the arms and everything like that. That's cool. But don't overwork me. You know, I want to relax as much as I'm over here, you know, working and 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 providing tension. You know, it has to be it has to be that equality in in the um Oh man, help me out, Doctor Abbott. What 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 is this, what is the phrase? It has to be equal. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say, right? Help me out. But equal energy, energy expend, uh, energy um, ex- expended. It has to be equal energy gain. Yes, yes, yes. The, the, the energy has been. Say it again. Energy expended has to equal energy gained. Exactly, exactly. And then now we're talking about harmony. He just gave y'all the formula for harmony, and that's one of the reasons why we're doing the show, and that's curing. Harmony is curing. Anytime when we have disease, that's when there's um, some type of displacement in the harmony of the body. Is that correct, Dr. Narchi? That's correct, that's correct. Yes, because harmony is about it's all about balance. And uh, whenever you are, whenever you have health, you have balance. And when you you have imbalance, you have disease. You have multiple symptoms. Yes. Mm, mm. And, <laughs> and that makes Dr. Nardi and Dr. Weinick and Dr. Adder's job that much harder. Because when we are struggling to maintain stress and disharmony in our life. And then we go to people who scientifically trying to rectify that situation and bring in harmony. Like there's been no there's been no habitual activity that promotes the peace and the nurturing. So it makes these symptometrists 
have to work even harder themselves. Would you, uh, Dr. Weinick, would you agree? Well, my experience um, in general is, yes, it's, it's much easier to enlist and, and enlist someone to an act of participation, which is what tintometry is about, uh, when there is the willingness to engage in a different way. So in other words, if a person is just um, grabbing on to, to the thoughts as if they were real and moving from thought to thought and seeing that as a reality um, and, not, and not seeing the underlying reality of the blank screen, as Dr. Nardi says, the black screen, then um, there's not going to be a willingness to participate. That's, that's, that's vital. That, that right there is uh, very, very, very vital um, piece that she gave. That, that, that willingness, there, there has to be the willingness in order, yeah, in order for the improvement. Another way to say that is that a person has to be willing to surrender attachment to the thought. And that's part of what the meditation practice does, is that a person disattaches from an identification um, with the thought process and understands that I am not my thoughts. I am not the thought process. That's not, that's not um, the underlying reality of all that is. It's part of who I am, but I am not that. I should say it's part of what makes me the entity that I am as a physical body, but it's not me. I am not that. I am not my thoughts. I am not my body. I am that and all of that, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, a person who's attached to their thoughts and identifying with their thoughts um, is, is um, a person who doesn't have the mental energy to participate to the fullest in the process of life. Mm. The participation. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Dr. Wine. Uh, I see we do have um, a hand raised. I want to get to them before we uh, end, end out the show tonight. Uh, caller from the 215-868. Thank you for okay, calling in me. tonight. The microphone is wide oh. open. Can we get your name and where you're calling from, please? Um, good evening, but I didn't push the number. I think uh, how are you all? <laughs> this is Isis, Dr. Nashi, Dr. Waddell, Coach. Yeah, I'm still on the scene. No, I just, I just, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm still here. Oh, okay, I just. Tonight is powerful. It's really well, powerful. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you listening in once again. Thank and the you, brother guys. pronounce his name again? Cha? His name is Cha'am. C-H-A apostrophe A-M as in master. Cha'am. Okay, Cha'am. All right, yes, it's a nice, powerful. I will be rerunning it. 
And thank love you. you all. I'm here. All right, thank love you. Love you too. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Yes, I definitely have to. Uh, now, you know, I always uh, encourage people to come to the Symptometry web uh, page. I'm going to continue to do that. We need more people to come to the Symptometry web, um, not only just joining the email list at Symptometry.com, but also liking the Symptometry page on Facebook. But also, this brother Chaam is a hidden. I just pulled him all out in the light for y'all tonight. He's on Facebook. <laughs> he, don't, he don't have a website. No, none of that. But if you go look at his timeline, this brother's into sun gazing. This brother's into yoga. He keeps up with the, I mean, like, he keeps up with celestial weather, not just, like, is it raining or cold outside or is it sunny. He, he, he's, he's, a, he's a resource that I, I can just go over there anytime and just scroll down, not even four or five seconds. And I'm filled to the brim. So on Facebook, he is Cha'am Ta, C-H-A, high apostrophe, A-M, and second word, T-A. Send that brother a friend request. Tell him you heard I him on the comment. Cha'am no, no apostrophe on the Facebook there. Oh. Yeah. oh, I'm sorry. No apostrophe. No apostrophe. The C-H-A-A-M, second word, T-A. He's going to pop up. He's a friend of mine. Send him a request. Check his page out. Follow him. You know, speak to him. Like, get in his head. Ask him questions. Like, hey, this he one of the ones I go to. I got four people on the line tonight. <laughs> I got four of my big resources on the line tonight. That's not by accident, okay? And, to, and, to, and for me to think that much of him to bring him on with all my heavy hitter rocket fuelers, should say something about the brother's expertise, and he still will be holding holding on to some stuff because he got he got he got he just he he's a, he's just a, an amazing an amazing find. So I want to just I want his page to blow up too. Me to be five or six hundred other people that he can add his friends as well. So y'all can go over there and pick his brain like I do. So that's my um, and hopefully we can get him to put out a website or get his own radio show or something like that because he's sitting on a ton of information. So I think I done put him on blast enough, you know, for right now. Sounds interesting. It might be about that time. (laughs) (laughs) I've been working on this joker right here for a minute, Dr. Martin. I'm trying to tell you. I've been trying to get him to come on out here and let some of this stuff out. But it's okay. When when the time is ready, he's going to... The fruit gonna start falling off the tree. What's gonna happen? Because it's gonna be so saturated, he it ain't gonna be able to hang on the branch no more. So he's already bending the boughs. Or you know, he's already the fruit is bending the the limbs. So eventually, it's gonna have to come out. Just like everybody else on here, we had to we had to start teaching and start sharing because there was more room on the outside than it was in. And they're right, Doctor Nardi. Oh yes, sharing, sharing, sharing brings opens up more opportunities for others and for oneself too. So I agree, yes. Mm, that's right. So um, if you want to get in contact with Symptometry, please visit the main website, symptometry.com, S-Y-M-P-T-O-M-E-T-R-Y.com, www. If you'd like to get any of the book packages that we offer, 
symptometrybooks.com, as well as all of the podcasts that we have had since March of 2012. So we've been on the air for over a year and a half now, doing these shows on Tuesday nights. It's been a phenomenal experience for me and everybody else who's been listening. I was in High Point this weekend, Dr. Nardi, and saw somebody over at Dr. Gibson's, and he was like, yeah, man, I listen to some time at your show all the time, man, and I'm listening to the Wednesday show too, boy, y'all rock. And I was like, wow, you know. Who, who, who is that? <laughs> I can't even remember the brother's name right now. Um, uh, oh, wait a minute. I would have to go. Um, and then he was, he was, uh, man, he was so excited. Hold on, I'm gonna keep talking while I go. No, no, but it's okay. It's all right. I, I, I believe in privacy and confidentiality, so that's all right. <laughs> uh-huh. he, don't, he don't mind me. He don't mind me shouting the name out. I'm sure because <laughs> he may get, he may get kind of, he may say, well, why you, why you forget the name? No, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get him on here real quick. I mean, I'm not going I don't know if he listens. He says that even if he doesn't listen in on the live show, he's always um, he's always catching the he's always catching the download. So and he won one of the uh, Are you psychic about challenges. Terry? Who? Terry. 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 That's right. That's right. That's right. That's him. That's him. I'll call him out. That's right. Big brother. <laughs> Yeah, used, used to be a vegetarian and got all the muscles. You know what I mean? He it, it grabbed my hand. I had to man up, you know, just to, um, <laughs> just to keep up. But uh, yeah, the brother was um, excellent artist. Said that again, not bad. He's an excellent artist as well. The, you know, some of his uh, character caricatures. He 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 actually draws those for you and things. Yeah. Terry. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if you you saw any of his work at all. If he had them, he may may not reveal that part. But yeah, he's pretty good. There you go. That's right, Terry Chrome. I found him. That's right. Call him out, brother Terry Chrome. Big shouts out. We know you listen, and we definitely appreciate you and look forward to seeing you November the thirtieth in uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina, for the Kenwa Food Expose. That's gonna be. Uh, that's going to be a barn burner right there. And for those of you who are listening who don't have your, um, there have been some seats open up. So if you are willing to travel <clears throat> to Charlotte, North Carolina on November the 30th to uh, participate, uh, it's from 8 to 4. It's free. All you have to do is get there, but you do have to register beforehand. There have been some seats opening up. And all you have to do is just get in contact with Tybro.com, call Ken, and then just tell them that you want to be in the building. And uh, it's going to be a big family affair. It's going to be real fun. And I hope to see everybody facing the place. Um, so, boom, we gave out a shout-out to Symptometry.com, Symptometry Books. Also, if you want to get in contact with headquarters, the number is 708 708-497-7081. Four nine seven 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 zero eight six nine one four nine seven seven. If you need to get in contact with Dr. Abbott, three three six four five six nine one eight three. He also has a number dedicated to the American School of Symptometry. Please give that number out, Dr. Nardi, as well as the website. Oh, that's seven zero eight. 
4362. That's uh so that's the American School of Symptometry dot org. So American School of Symptometry. Yes. And if you'd like to get in contact with Dr. Elizabeth Weinick in Greensboro or internationally, internationally, if she's the person that you need to get in contact, Dr. Weinick, would you please give out your phone number, please? Uh, my number is 336 545 1020. 1020? Yeah, I am. I'm working on a website. <laughs> website. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Say that again, Dr. Weinick. So please, I said I'm still working on a website, so it's just a phone number. That's okay. Just like like you said, just like you and Chaham, sooner or later it's gonna happen. <laughs> All right. I wanna just um I'm very grateful that we had um this particular uh show this evening. Um I want to end the show on a small meditation so people will be able to get in contact with the breath. I know they say, well, y'all talked about it, Kaya, but how do we do it? So I'm going to take the show out on being able and giving you the actual technique of what I use to identify uh, and get you focused on the breath. So if you would, if you would uh, please, if you would care to participate, please uh, sit up straight if you would uh, like to, or you can lay down flat on your back. And I want you to just, in, I want you to exhale out of the mouth audibly and press in on the stomach. And then when you inhale through the nose, let the stomach expand. And then exhale again and pull the stomach back towards the spine and then inhale through the nose and feel the stomach rising and expanding. And then slowly exhale through the nose and let the stomach slowly go back towards the spine. And then inhale slowly as the breath comes in like a glass of water being filled from the bottom up, exhaling very slowly, very slowly, and letting all the attention be on the breath. As we inhale, the stomach is slowly expanding, and don't hold the breath at the top. Wherever you reach full capacity, then slowly exhale out the nose. The spine is straight. The shoulders are relaxed. The hips are relaxed. And continue to breathe at a very normal pace. And you will notice that the breath is starting to slow down because you are developing confidence that every everything you need is coming through this breath. And slowly exhale and slowly inhale. And any thoughts that are coming through, you just let them pass 
just like television commercials or clouds in the sky. Do not try to engage nor disengage with the thoughts. Just let your attention gently be on your breath. As you inhale slowly and the stomach expands and you exhale slowly and the stomach goes back towards the spine. On the inhale, visualize steam rising. And on the exhale, visualize cool water falling. On the inhale, steam is rising. And on the exhale, cool water is falling like a spring. You are very relaxed. And you can feel these natural flow of currents. For the men, the steam is rising up the back. And for the ladies, the steam is rising up the front. And the exhale for the ladies is down the back. And the exhale for the men is down the front. And just let those sensations soothe the body, soothe your spine, soothe your chest and your nose and your eyes and your stomach and your thighs and your knees Feel that steam rising up the back of the legs, up the spine to the crown. And just relaxing every bone in your body as the breath is taking care of you and all concerns. Staying focused with your attention on the breath and staying relaxed. Slowly drop the visualization and begin to bring your attention down behind the navel. Slowly bring the attention in as a pearl sitting inside a floating lotus flower atop a very still pond. Pearl is the essence of who you are, very valuable, very serene, very calm and comfortable and very precious. Let your entire essence be 
the pearl. And just relax. There is no focus. There is no concentration. There is only being. Stay very relaxed. Slowly on the inhale, start to expand the pearl. Let the pearl expand around the navel. Feel the pearl expanding towards the spine. On each inhale, feel the pearl expanding upwards through the abdomen. Feel the pearl expanding downward through the hips. Each inhale, feel the pearl expanding as your essence is expanding. Feel the pearl encompassing the heart. Filling the heart with love and value. Letting the heart become a precious commodity. Feeling the light of the pearl and the energy of the pearl expand down through the thighs into the knees. Feel this pearly white light encompassing the entire torso up through the shoulders and the neck and the arms down through the calf muscles feeling relaxed feeling rejuvenated and now let the pearl on this inhale encompass the crown of the head all the way down to the toes and the heels of the feet. And the body is totally engulfed in a very natural, soft, white light. As you exhale, let that light expand. Let that light expand. And then expand and let your aura be one foot, three feet, ten feet around you. And you are vibrating at a very calm and sincere and relaxed vibration. Letting your breathing be very relaxed and your presence being very relaxed yet very filling.
Now slowly we're going to release the light to the world. Maybe some family members. Maybe in your community. Maybe in your own personal situation. We're going to release the light. Staying calm. We're going to start to descend back to this plane by taking a very long inhale and exhale out the mouth very slowly. Another big inhale through the nose. And another big exhale out the mouth. And one more big inhale through the nose. And as we exhale out the mouth, we're going to open the eyes very slowly and touch down for a very smooth landing. And we are back. This meditation can be achieved using the same process anytime you need to access it. You can go to YouTube and just type in meditation Kair or Kair meditation and you will see some guides. If you are interested in the DVD, the meditation DVD that I have available, you can also go to relaxationisthekey.com to the products page as well as CoachKair.com and visit the shop tab and visit our products page there. I want to thank you all for coming out tonight, for listening to the show's entirety, and I look forward to next week's show If you need to reach out to Coach Kair for any of my services, I can be reached at 336-587-1215. Thank you all so much for coming out tonight. Enjoy yourself. Have a wonderful evening. And we will see you soon. Peace. And God bless.